receive the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Keep standing. Well, are we not blessed? Are we not blessed? At Anakazo Homecoming 2023. Hallelujah. In 1996, the Lord touched the heart of the Chancellor to create an environment for young women and young men who sends the call of God upon their lives to have a place to be properly equipped and trained for the work of the ministry. See, because you don't just get up to go into ministry. And uh, it's been uh, almost 30 years of this school moving on. Churning out people who love Jesus, who love the gospel, you know, and uh, Chancellor, we want to thank you for all the years of toil, effort to create this school, to make it what it is. Ladies and gentlemen of Jesus Joy, let's rise up and welcome the founder and the Chancellor of ABMTC, Bishop Dagwood. Let's clap your Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, which art in heaven, we are thanking you for this opportunity to be here and to share a few moments. We are grateful for all the graduates of this school and those who have passed through our programs here. Thank you for good seeds. Thank you for good people. Thank you for great fruits for the future, for today and forever. We are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. You may be seated. Thank you. Excited that um, we have that we have this program today, and um, I just want to start by going into the scripture from Colossians chapter two, from verse one. Um, now it says in verse 1 I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you yes and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Amen. Now, the first thing is that Apostle Paul wants you to know, and so do I, about the great conflict that 
we are experiencing and that we have experienced for you. So, uh, to, for, the, for this school to exist and for us to be here, a lot has gone on. And a lot of conflict, fighting, fighting about different issues, um, having to sack people, having to have legal fights. It's because of this school that I went to court for the first time. I was the first accused in a court case at Koforidra. But you may not know the conflict. You see, that's why he said that I, I, I want you to know, if you change the version, it says that I wish you would know of the conflict, uh, how hard I am contending for you. And then especially for those who have not met me personally. You see, for instance, we are having an Akazo homecoming. And I, 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 am, I, I was not present, but I'm present now. But let's say I'm not present at all. See, that you, when, when you don't see somebody, you may not know what conflict the person has or what the person is doing for you, even though you don't see him in the flesh. For instance, for instance, the idea of having a homecoming for the alumni is an idea that I have had for a long time that I want us to do. It's, 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 not, it's not Bishop Interpol's idea. It's not anybody's idea. It's an idea that I've had. And I learned it from Rima when I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I saw that they were doing a Rima alumni homecoming. That's where I learned it from. So, what you find out, what you find out is that many things, there is somebody behind the scenes who is in great conflict and having so many issues that he's dealing with on your behalf. That is why there are curses for those who dishonor fathers. Because a father is somebody who causes something to exist that was not there, but then he makes it exist. It wasn't there before, but he makes it to exist. It's, it's not a friend, it's not a teacher. It's not a friend and it's not a teacher. Are you with me? Yes. So, the first thing is that you need to uh, know In 2 Samuel chapter 21, 
The Bible says that there was a battle in Gath. Where was a man of great stature? And that had on his hand six fingers. And on every foot, six toes. Four and twenty in number. He also was born to the giant. You see, he wouldn't have six fingers if his father didn't have six fingers. His father was a giant. That's how come he was also a giant. That's how come he had six fingers and six toes. The legs were too big for five toes. Yes. And the Bible says he also was born to the giant. You cannot be a giant unless you are a child of a giant. So, you have to be very careful when you are dealing with fathers and people that are in conflict. Because a father, one of the main things of a father is that he's fighting many things for you. Uh, One man, he finished, he married and he had four children. Oh, you can sit down. He had four children. In Tulsa, it was in Tulsa. When the four children graduated from school and left the house, and he told his wife, since the children are gone, it's time for me to also show my real identity. And he decided to leave his wife and marry a man. Yes, I'm telling you a true story. I'm telling you something that happened. So, actually, he was a man who wanted to marry a a fellow man. But because of the children, he controlled himself for so many years. When all the children have are normal and they have left the house. They said, it's, it's the man's pastor who told me this story. Yes. And you see, you realize that many parents, even the problem they have, you may not know, but they control themselves for the sake of the children so that the children will be okay. So that's why Paul said, I wanted you to know the conflict that I was having because of you. And even for those who don't see me, have never seen me in the flesh. I want you to know, because when you don't see somebody physically, you may not know what the person is doing for you or on your behalf. So always remember that Playing the games and playing mistakes 
in relation to fathers, no matter even their problems, is one of the fatal mistakes. And some of you here are making that mistake. Yes. Some of you are making that mistake. So, the man with six fingers, six toes, every foot, the Bible says, he also was born to the giant. His father was a giant. Is it fantastic? Okay. Let's continue. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. That their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Now, Paul is saying here that he is seeking that the hearts might be comforted and knit together because we don't do knitting. You may not know, but it's like sewing. That's all. So, and that where should be sold together is the heart. So, our hearts are supposed to be together. And that is why we emphasize on loyalty and also the things which destroy the ability for our hearts to be together. Because our hearts have to be together. But many times it is not. Now, that is why it's a very great achievement to build a church. A church is like a group of people that you have been able to make their hearts together. So it's, it's a difficult thing to make people's hearts come together. That's the art of being a pastor. And so all the teaching, those who are dangerous sons, those who forget, those who pretend, those who leave, those who accuse, I mean, these are things and people that prevent our hearts from being together. But once you start accusing, and so you can never come together in your heart. And you see, in Anakazo, one of the things you, you find is that there are students, there are people who have graduated from this school and maybe not even graduated, but graduated. But our hearts are not together. Yes. And you see, it is important that we remove uh, people whose hearts are not with us. Because if you are not with us, why you are against us? And why are you here? Why do you worry yourself? Yes. Why do you worry yourself? So it is important that 
if your heart is not here, then you must go away. And then if your heart is not here, or if you know somebody whose heart is not here, it is your duty, it's your duty to help to expose such people so that they will, they will they are spots in our feast of charity so that they, they will not be part of us. It's your duty. Otherwise, what Paul is saying here, our hearts cannot uh, our hearts cannot be knit together. So I'm charging every one of you here that anybody who knows anyone who is questionable in terms of his commitment, his loyalty, his participation, his presence, if you even suspect or you know, it is your duty to come and say that I am not sure, but I want you to be aware that brother so-and-so is like this or like that. Why? Because even associating with certain people is a sign. Yes, the associations, the comments, the things that are made. And you know, you see the church that, that have been built by the grace of God. I've been a Christian for so many years working in the church and serving the Lord and working in the church. So, with experience and with accuracy, we have been driving out all these things for years. And that is how a family and a church of this nature has been built. We all know our brother, Bishop Oko, those of you who knew him, has gone to be with the Lord. And it is a family. I mean, it is, it, is, it is interesting that with his passing, it's like, for me, I look, I see that it's my family member since he, he left school, the university. He has always been with me. He has always been. Anything I've told him to do, he, he has done it. For the last 30 years, so it is a family, our hearts knit together. So anybody whose heart, he had a powerful service. And she said he was, he was preaching about the name of the church that they have in Zimbabwe. Because the name of the church is Abbas. So he started to talk about me. And his wife said, he loved you so much. And he said, you see, our bishop, his name, Cyrus. And he started to explain what it means. And the effect that that name has had on me and on my ministry. Talk about Cyrus the Anointed, Isaiah 45. And so he was trying to explain that it's such a powerful thing that 
when I gave the name Abbas to the church in Zimbabwe, it's a very powerful thing in that if we allow, that name will have a certain effect. The way the name Cyrus has had an effect on me, the name Abbas will have an effect on the church. This was his last sermon. And when we were choosing that name, I chose it with him. Oh, yes. I said, what about others? He said, Bishop, it will work. He always had a way of saying, Bishop! Yes. This is my son. Yes. Our hearts were knit together. This year, I was in uh, Australia. I was at the airport. And uh, I called him for almost one hour. We were just talking. He was in Zimbabwe and I was in Australia. We are just talking about so many things. Even though he was far away, our hearts, I want you to understand what Paul is writing. That our hearts, that your hearts might be comforted and being knit together in love. And we love ourselves. Yes, we do. If somebody says we love ourselves, yes, we, we, we love ourselves. We love ourselves. So my prayer for you is that your heart will be knit together. It will be sown. And your heart will be the heart of God for the heart of the ministry. There's no other aim here. There's no other aim here. There's no other vision here. Yes. Uh, The vision is to serve God and to fulfill the ministry to the uttermost. Whether it's the ministry of a pastor. I mean to take pastoring, shepherding to its ultimate possibility. Whether it's evangelism, the office of an evangelist, is to take evangelizing to its extreme. In all possibilities of evangelism, whether it is teaching, to take teaching to its ultimate possibility in the office of a teacher, whether in this language or another language, whether it is apostolic work or building churches all over the world, it is an extreme office to take it to its ultimate possible logical conclusion. And whether it is prophetic, to take it to its magical, ultimate practical, logical solution and conclusion. Are you understanding what I'm saying? This is what we are doing here. So if you have any other business aim or business ventures or whatever, it will not really work here. I need you to understand the reason why we are here. And our hearts must be knit together. And that is why Anakazo Bible School exists is to help you in these areas possible areas to go to the end of ministry 
to go to the possible end of ministry. Can I have an amen from somebody? God bless you. You may be seated. Are you enjoying Colossians chapter 2? Verse 3. Verse 3. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In whom are hid all the treasures. In Ghana, I hid many treasures. In Ghana. We have gold. A lot of gold. And we have diamonds. We have bauxite. We have oil. And now we have lithium. Lithium is used to make batteries. We have, Ghana has hidden a lot of treasures. You get it? That's why Ghana's original name was Gold Coast. And I think it's, it's a good name, Gold Coast. I don't know why we changed our name to the name of an empire which has disappeared from the world. Anyway. Everybody say treasures. treasures. Yes, treasures. Treasures is what makes you rich. I'm just coming from Angola. And in Angola, we were in a town called Kabinda. When you stand at the water of Kabinda, the sea, the sea, the sea, the same sea that comes to Ghana, you see oil rigs. Eh? An oil rig is like a huge story building. Ten floors into the sky. Ten floors, oh, twelve floors. Every floor with lights in the water far away. You, you, when you, where I was standing, I could count about 32 of them. One here, one here. All the oil companies in the world money in the water they have been there for years now I want to tell you something don't forget what I'm about to tell you I said all these things to tell you one thing wisdom and knowledge are treasures wisdom and knowledge are treasures so the knowledge in the books that I have written and the wisdom in the books I have written that have been placed in your hand and the teachings are treasures treasures, they are treasures wisdom and knowledge are treasures it is a treasure that will change your life and that will make you rich and you have to believe it yes They are treasures. Treasures. 
the treasures of this ministry are the wisdom and the knowledge that have been imparted and that have been written and imparted that have been taught those are the treasures upon which this school is is built and it is the treasure of this whole ministry this is the treasure of this whole ministry a ministry with 6,000 pastors a, a ministry with publishing over 50 million books a ministry building seven cathedrals in, mention any country in Africa you'll find across the whole country churches built cathedrals from country to ca- city to city to city with pastors and members a, 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 a ministry of teaching invitations across the whole world That's, those are the treasures of this ministry I, I just want you to know yes all these campuses, so the treasures are not the building, but the treasures are the wisdom and the knowledge. That's why I said, in whom I hid all the treasures of wisdom and the treasures of knowledge. Never forget that, because you don't know the treasure you have in your hand. You see, you can have treasure, but you don't know that you have it. And somebody knows that you have it. And somebody else will come and pick it. Like the oil that they see. I don't know how they count it. But the ships come and then collect and go. I mean, there's no... Yes. They just come there and then they pump it. How will you know even one whole ship takes away the oil? And then they will just give a report, oh, this is what we got. Yes. I mean, I don't know how they do it, but... Even in Ghana, our own is in the deep sea. Deep tunnel basin is very deep. Yeah, they have oil rigs that are in shallow and oil rigs in deep water. They know how to do it. But we, we don't know how to do it. So when they come and they collect, I mean, we are not there. Are you there? Yeah, they know how to do it. They understand those treasures. Yes. It's amazing. So you may have treasure, but somebody else understands the treasure better than you understand the treasure. A far person may understand the treasure more than you who are holding the treasure and own the treasure understands the treasure. Huh? One day I was invited somewhere to preach. When I got there, I went with special messages about church growth, loyalty, and I mean shepherding, ministry work, anointing. When I got the man said, no, 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 we don't want any of this. He said, I should preach from model marriage. <laughs> he said, we don't want all this check growth and all these things. He said, look, the model marriage, eh? he said, it's a very wild book. As we have invited you, we don't need anything else here. If only you can use this book and talk to us. And, to, and give me a, a mega honorarium I should carry the honorarium away. I said, ah, you are wasting my time. I said, no, this is the main treasure. We want you to talk about this thing. Yes. No, no, no church growth and all these things. doesn't want it. What I'm saying is that you may have a treasure 
when people come from marriage counseling, they come on Sunday, you see them holding model marriage and they are moving around. They don't even know what they are holding. But somebody else called me and said, Brother, we will give you thousands of dollars. Come and talk to us. Three sessions on this book. That's all. Hey. So, in whom I hate the treasures, the treasures, a treasure makes you rich. These treasures have made me rich also. Yes. By the grace of God, I have no needs. By the grace of God. By the grace of God, I have no needs. Yes. These treasures. I've never used my medical knowledge to earn money. Never. I've never used what I learned at medical school to earn even one dollar. I've only been in the ministry from the day that I finished my housemanship. That was all. I've never used that certificate for anything. Only this work I'm doing. What I'm talking here. Eh? Treasures of wisdom and treasures of knowledge. So when you go back today, eh, look at this book and say, listen, I'm seeing some oil rigs here. I'm seeing some gold mines here. I'm seeing some lithium mines here. There's some type of power here. Lord, give me the spirit of knowledge and revelation and knowledge and understanding. Yes. Ah. Treasures. 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 In whom I hid treasures of wisdom and treasures of knowledge. Go home and know that there is a treasure. If God can, if the knowledge that is in the book can enter you. Yes. But you see, you may not enter you. Do you think the leaders of Ghana for the last 60, um, 1957, what year are we now? 66 years. Huh? Do you think they have never been abroad? They've been there. But whether when they arrive at Kotoka Airport or they arrive in Ghana, whether it can be applied here or whether they, they actually learned something. That's, that's the question that we always ask ourselves. Because Ghana, who those of you are it's never, cannot be, will never be, and it's not, cannot be poor. I mean, Ghana is one of the richest nations in the whole world. Richest. When I was preaching in Kabinda, in Angola, I told them on the last day, I'm going to pray for them before I leave. Do you know the, Do you want to know the prayer that I told them? I told them that I'm going to pray that the money and the riches that is in the water, it will come to them 
on their land. Yes. Because there's money. You know, you see all rich but from where I was standing, I could just count in the sea. I just see them there spread out. Huge oil companies, Chevron, this, that, that, America, they are, they are lined up there for years. Ow! Eh? Trenches in the water. But the people on the land. Sit down. Yeah, look at the rig. Look at the oil rig. Yeah, like this. And some of them, eight, ten stories high. You see them in the water. Storms come, rain comes, fog, ships, everything. Air mobile. Verse 4. And this I say. Now, um, this is just a short uh, exhortation. This I say. Lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. You see, as usual, we are always fighting of deceivers. Anybody who tries to beguile you or deceive you, they are beguiling you with enticing words that sound powerful. So recently when some of the pastors attacked us and it sounded like they are saying something oh that maybe snit has not been paid you see but when you went into it you see you'll be deceived but when you went in realized that snit has been paid that snit has been paid there's nothing like that that it was rather a privilege for you and they said oh we didn't have anywhere to stay for 16 years one of them said he has not had anywhere to stay for 16 years. No, for 16 years, since he left school, he has only been living in apartments and houses for the church. And I said he doesn't have any house for six, any car to drive. That he's traveled abroad and he had to rent a car to go. Meanwhile, he drove his own car, a new car, a good car. And on and on and on and on. Initially, that's why the Bible is saying that lest any man beguile you. This is the word that was used for Satan. That the Satan beguiled me. The serpent beguiled me. Sit down, sit down, sit down. The serpent beguiled me. And some of you have been beguiled. And the the reason why you are beguiled is because in your heart that's also what you want. Yes. And so some of these people were like speaking on your behalf. They are saying what we all want to say. They are saying what we ought to say. They are speaking for us. You see, but many of you, you, you realize that you haven't even proved yourself in ministry. And you haven't even proved that you even deserve to even be in full-time ministry. Don't let anybody deceive you. Yes. We have been Christian for so many years. We have been doing this for years. We didn't just get up suddenly last three months, then we built all these things. Three months ago, then we came to do all these things that are here. 
three months ago. Somebody's got to be crazy. Yeah. So, don't let people... You see, when you are going in a convoy, or when you are moving, there will be offshoots. People who move into darkness. And you must not be deceived to follow evil unless any man should beguile you with enticing words. Enticing words means that it's attractive. eh? It's attractive. So, wow, what they are saying sounds attractive. Like, oh, wow, yes, it's true, man. Eh? We would also get money. We would do this. We would whatever. Enticing. You're just enticed. Yes. And some people thought they are going to get millions and millions. They're going to get nothing. Because the church of resist will also Bible says resist. The Rick Prince said that one time he entered a place that was in the during the Second World War. They in France they wrote in the prison a word, a single word. Do you know what is that in the prison? They wrote in the prison resist. Resist. Fight, resist. You see, this is what the Bible tells us to do. Resist the devil. So the church is not sitting. The church is resisting. Anybody who rises up to do whatever, the church is resisting and fighting. Yes. So come and take all out. Take my pocket. Take this. Take that. Whatever. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's not like that. Resist. Yes. Resist the devil. Yes. So be careful. Now, when Satan came to Eve and Adam, he suggested to Eve, you'll be like God, which means you will not need God, because when you are God, how do you need God? When you have a car, why do you need a taxi? You've got your own car. So why do you need the, the cars that are driving on the road? When you've eaten lunch, why do you need the food, the food that they are selling on the road? So you are going to have God. You're going to be God. How do you need a God? So be careful. You don't need something over you. You do. And you will always. That's one of the things I can say about Bishop Oko. You know, when I look from the beginning, everything I told him to do, he did. First I thought, go and sell, sell books. When he came from school, eh, other people said they would do this. He said, me, I only want to serve God. He, he said, look, when people say, please, for me, I want to serve God. When his anniversary, he had an anniversary, I think January, he would come to say, Bishop, it's 10 years since I came into full-time ministry. He would come to me. He and one of my secretaries, they have at the same time. Say, always, I want to, this is now 15 years since I've been in full-time ministry. This is Seven years since I've been in full-time. Anything else I don't have is I know I'm interested in anything. I only I won't only want to serve God. That's okay. Yes. Yeah, he was never he never wavered in what he's trying to do. Huh? <laughs> and throughout whatever I say, try this. The day that he was with me, I said, Pastor Man of God, I said. Teach the children. I said, yes. Go and be a pastor of the children. That time our children were like three years old. Four years old. I told him, listen. I'll show you a new way. Yes, bishop. Yes, bishop. 
I said, arrange the chairs in lines. Don't make a circle. No. I said, change the arrangement in the children's church and make it lines like this and stand in front of them and preach. I told these are the English words I told him. I don't know if you were there when I told him, but maybe. I told arrange them like Yes, Bishop. And he started. When he came to the consecration recently and he saw the young people sitting by me who are now bishops and now baby bishops, he said a few weeks ago, he said, I finished my work. Wow. All those three years old, all those three years old wow. and five years old, they were on the stage with me as I was called. They were also bishops and some were being made bishops. He said, I finished my work. These are the people. Yes, Bishop. Anything I told, I said, come and learn how to type. I sent him to type his good. Yes, Bishop. He went to sight and sound to learn typing. I said, come and be my secretary. There's nothing I told up to the last day. When I told, okay, leave Abidjan, go to Zimbabwe. Always obeying. Don't let anybody deceive you. Eh? Don't let anybody deceive you with a clever word, enticing whether you are going to be something you will not need an authority over you, you will not need a father you will not, there's nothing like that you watch and see it's a deception because in your heart that is also what you want that's why when somebody offers you that thing you take it and you know people used to praise him and always he'll say that Small obedience that I'm obeying instructions that are given to me, and you are trying to praise me. That was his response. I'm obeying instructions that has been given to me. They told me, do this, do this, do this, do this. That's it. Let no man beguile you with enticing, like it's exciting suggestions of some greatness that you are going to have by what? By suing your father, attacking, deviating from whatever. You're making a big mistake. It's not going to work that way. Has never worked and will never work. No matter how long you live. Are you still here or I should... uh, uh. We are in Colossians. Unless you are tired, we can continue. Verse 1 says, I want you to know the great conflict that I have, even though you don't see me. Verse 2 says that your hearts should be comforted and knit together. Amen. And that's why we are warding off all the things that divide our hearts and our souls in the ministry. Verse 3 says, in whom I hid the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And here we see that wisdom and knowledge is a treasure. Hmm. Verse 4 says, lest any man should beguile you. Don't let any man beguile you. Amen. Now, though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit. Joying and beholding your order. Your what? Your order. You see, people don't know that 
in the realm of the spirit, there is order. Order. And when you check the meaning of that word, it's arrangement and order of things. And that is one of the main things that an apostle and an apostle, lay people are here, full-time people are here, bishops are here, this makes you to be ordained, this is how you come to full-time ministry, this is what we do, these are the people that are here, this is a Bible school, this is a graduate, those who live here, those. there's order in the system. And when people don't want to obey the order and to live within the order, that's when you start to see problems. Yes. Beast starts to come out because doesn't want to stick in the order and arrangement that has been made. And when people are corrected and say, you are out of order, step into line. Hey, why should you tell me that? Why should you sack me? Why should you say this? Why should you say that? He says, I am joying and beholding your order. I hope you are with me in Colossians. We are looking at the Bible together. Yes. Joying and beholding. Although I'm, I am eh, in, with you in the spirit, eh, I am joying and beholding. The thing I'm noticing and what my eye is on is the order. Now, there are some of you who are full-time who should not be in full-time ministry because you are broken the order. If you read the books as to how somebody is supposed to be in full-time ministry, that's not how you came into full-time ministry. One of the things is that you need a ministry which needs a full-timer. And many of you are out of order. You don't have a ministry or a church which needs a full-timer. Yes. You do not have it. It's out of the order. It's out of the order. And where you are supposed to have a lay pastor, some of you are full-time. Yes. It's out of order. Yes. Completely out of order. And some who are supposed to be lay people, all right, self-supporting, so that the church prospers and you also prosper, you are not doing that. But rather, raking in every little cramp that is ever collected in an offering. Which is not, a, which is not full-time ministry. Full-time ministry is not to just provide your needs as a family. It's out of order. Taking monies that are not belonging to you and belonging to the church. And you, <laughs> it's out of order. Being unable to even build anything and obey instructions. Completely out of how you should be. One day I told somebody, I said, You are not educated. Hey, we were so angry. I said, You are not educated. You're out of order. You're out of the order of the things that we've said. What are the conditions for becoming full time ministry? That's the first one. First one. What's the second one? Give me some more. Yeah. A call. A call into full time ministry. A willingness for all possibilities. Yes. To go everywhere. No love of money of silver. This is what it is necessary. How can somebody... Your, your, the relationship that we've had as fathers and sons, some people have violated it and changed it into employee-employer which is a very different relationship. If you want to see employer-employee, 
then you see something more. And because of that, you, you, are, you are forcing the church to change its methods so that you are dealt with as an employee. Yes. And when you are dealt with as an employee, that's when you see what it is. Yes. So, I am joining and beholding the order. The order. I was a lay pastor for years. Preaching, supporting myself with my pocket money, with money that I was getting as an assistant. I always left the church. When the church needed to build, I, you don't take the, the money that should be used to build the church to support us. When we needed our own church building, we had $700. That's our money. Supposing I was to have used that $700 for my salary and for my whatever, you get it? At that time, do you think we would have been able to get Collegono Cathedral? Never. I never touched that money. So some of you, eh, you are collecting salaries, but you can't build the church. And you are in an uncompleted building and a church that is not developed. And you always say there is no money because you are out of order. You should not be in full-time ministry. And some of you, you lack education. So your, your position makes you odd and out of order in the position that you are in. You lack education. Even though you've been to a Bible school, you lack education. Why do I say that? Because education refines a person. You see, we used to have a lot of nurses that never went to university. These days, most of the nurses go to university. They, they, before, they, they don't go to university. They go to middle school and other places and then they become nurses. You see, it gives you a certain type of quality of nurse. And these days, most of them go to university, employer, employee. Very soon you will see that unless you are a graduate, you can't even be in full-time ministry. Yes. Unless you are a graduate. Oh, yes. Because you'll be out of order. Because we'll be employing somebody who lacks even understanding. Even those who have been to university, you see that they lack understanding. How much more those who have not been? I am joined and beholding your order. And that is why now everybody is supposed to be on the academic rotation. Is it not? Yes. yes. And if you are not on it, we, will not, we are not going to accept you to finish the school without the academic part. Oh, yes. Academic discipline rotation. Without it. People are diplomats already. Yeah. That they've qualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since they started. Yes. People are on it. And it's like, that is why you see that in the school, you can be in the school, but you must do the academic discipline. Yes. And those who have graduated as well, you will be, you will be getting the information. You will be expected to. You see, when you see a lot of Methodist, Pentecost, and you see that, those who say he's professor this, he's doctor this, it was not from the beginning, no. And they started as illiterates and uneducated. And when they realized that they were pastors, then they went and did the education and went and did degree and masters and even up to professor. But when they speak English, you can see that it wasn't originally so. It was not so in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, it wasn't so. So they've mentioned PhD, masters, this, that, but you see that when they explain something, realize that no. It wasn't so in the beginning. <laughs> Look at Colossians. He said, I am joined and beholding 
your order. Yes, there is order in the system. Yes. So now that we have started taking that, all those who are in school must do the academic. Those who have graduated and those who are already pastors and even bishops, you are also about to be given the ultimatum to do the education or else. Yes. Order. The lack of education is affecting you. It's affecting your thinking. It's affecting your mind. Yes. Yes. I need to be seeing your certificates. You send me, say, Daddy, I now have a master's. I say, You of all people, you of all people in this world have got a master's degree. Wow. Yeah. In the beginning, it was not so. Oh, yes. I am joined and beholding your order. Your order. So, what are they? Those of you who have churches where you are drinking, you are like vampires. You are drinking the blood of the you are drinking the blood of the church. Like the church has no life because of you. You are a vampire. You are a vampire pastor. When the church gets offering 600 cities and then another 200, then you take all the 800 as your salary. 800 cities. Charlie, hey, the church is dying crap because of you. Hey. You are not supposed to be. You see, John Wesley, Charles Wesley told John Wesley, his brother, he said, my brother has made a plumber a pastor, but I, by the grace of God, will make him back into a plumber. And some of you are supposed to be plumbers. You are supposed to be tailors. And then do the ministry on the side as a lay ministry. Not to be saying that I'm in full-time ministry and swallowing 100%. How can the church be built? The, the people will never come to the church. People will never come to the church. But when the church itself is, has reached a certain level... Yes, that's why some of you, when I look at the car park, I say, there are no cars there. Where are your cars? Where are your land cruisers? You have eaten all. You have drunk all of them. Where are your reserve patrols? You have drunk all of them. You have drunk all your Nissan patrols. You have eaten all your land cruisers. Look at the, some of the places you are coming from. Far away. And you are using a Tico or this a small Toyota to come from that place to here. How? You've drunk all the cars. You've eaten everything that all the bananas in the church. You have swallowed all. Huh? And you make people feel that to be a pastor is to be a poor man. To be a pastor is to do a bad thing. To be a, in the ministry is to suffer. So when some of these people got up and said, say, we have suffered, we have done, then you say, yes, they are speaking for us. They are speaking for us. Meanwhile, you are the one doing the wrong thing.
So there is going to be order. I myself will give you scholarship to go to school. All of you who have not been to school, I myself will give you scholarship to go to school. Yes, you wait and see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And every person who is supposed to be a lay pastor, who is a full-time pastor and giving a bad smell to full-time ministry, you are going to become a lay pastor. Get your farming skills ready. Get your plumbing skills ready. Get your carpentry skills ready. Get your masonry skills ready. Get ever any type of job you are doing. Get it ready because I'm telling you, you'll be doing it. Instead of sitting there deceiving the world that you are in full-time ministry. And people think that full-time ministry is a bad thing. I am joined and beholding your order. 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 Sit down. Sit down. I don't know why you are standing. Verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Amen. You must always remember your foundations. How you receive Christ. How and what you receive in Anakazu. What it stands for. Here is ministry. If you are interested in something else, you should be at another place. Amen. The next verse. Rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now, Somebody was asking, what is the difference between rooted and built up in him? Because all of them seemed like stabilization things. Rooted and built up. Do you want to know the difference between rooted and built up? Yes, there's a difference. When you are rooted, it's different from when you are built up. Are you sure you want to know the difference between rooted and built up? Now, rooted, it speaks of the invisible things that stabilize you. Yes, it's under. It's not seen. And built up, it speaks of the things that are seen that are used to stabilize and build you up. Rooted and built up. Rooted, hidden, invisible aspects of your building up and of your stabilization. There are hidden things, hidden aspects that have to be dealt with. And then there's the visible parts. So we may be building the physical churches that stabilize the ministry where you are. But there's the invisible parts that also has to be rooted. It has to go in and be great. Otherwise, there will not be real stability. Because what you see, there's a hidden part that holds the visible part. 
And that's why some of you, you lack education. Number two, you lack the lay ministry. You don't know how to be a lay pastor. If you knew how to be a lay pastor, you'd be far more prosperous. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's something you don't know. And I'm going to show you lay ministry. Oh, yes. You learn lay ministry. Some of you think you'll ask for me, I'm just born for full time. You can ask us how we came into full time ministry. We started by lay, being lay pastors. 14 years. 14 years. Yes. Yes. Yes, and prospering. Bishop Grufio in South Africa, he used to travel 120 kilometers every day to go to work and come as a lay pastor for years. You don't know lay ministry. You don't know what it is. So those are some of the invisible, there are some invisible aspects to you that are yet to be developed. And that's why you are not really stabilized. That's why your cars are not on the car park. Because you need to be rooted as well as built up. You need to work on the invisible as well as the visible. Your moral life, your moral life, your sexual life, your moral life, your holiness that is not seen. You need to be on it and on the invisible. Then we have the visible. And some of you, it's just the visible. You, you happy birthday, I want to say to Happy birthday to my beautiful wife. I love you. I love you more than I first love you. And there's the invisible part that makes you also great. Yes, sir. What is not seen and what people can't see because it's under the ground. Yes, sir. That's, 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 a good marriage is not only built up, it is rooted and also built up. Yes, it's also rooted. You can't say you don't bath and then at the same you come out looking very nice. There are some people, as soon as you hug them, you, you smell a certain scent. I know that this is a scent that is permanent. It's permanent from not bathing over years. The rooted parts are not being worked on. They are only working on the built-up parts. I think I'll close. And as you can see, to be really established, you need both rooting and building up. You need invisible work and visible work. And then, this is how you flourish and you grow bountifully. It says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You see, unless you are thankful and filled with thanksgiving, you don't abound. Look at it. Abounding therein. You, therein means in there. Therein means in there. You abound in there with thanksgiving. You see, the opposite of thanksgiving is murmuring and complaining. People who are discontented and murmur, they get filled with demons. 
the, Egypt, the Israelites who were coming from Egypt and were going, they remember them, remember they were filled with demons of death and all of them perished. That's why you only abound when you are thankful. So when you listen to people who criticize and people who are negative, always have, you have a fault, you have a problem. You have, there's an issue. There's something wrong with the church, with you, with the church, with this, with the system, with this, with whatever, and so on. Those things don't let you abound. Where are all the people who have abounded in criticizing us, in attacking us, in suing us in court? Are they abounding? No, they are perishing. They are perishing. You can mark my words. They are perishing. They are perishing. They are moving to darkness. Yes. They've lost even their Christian family. They've lost their family. Go back. Yes. Yes. That's not how you are bound. You are bound with thanksgiving. Even if there's a problem, you still are bound in thanksgiving. There can never be any human institution that doesn't have a, a problem or doesn't, doesn't have a weakness or doesn't have something that is not yet good. That has to be. But the fact that there is something that is not good does not mean that you, you are bound in criticism, hatred, wickedness, malicious speaking, blasphemies, and, and slander. If you want to do well, abound in thanksgiving. Always be, gra- be grateful that you are here. Be grateful that you are in full-time ministry. When we, when we implement the lay program, so many of you will become lay pastors. You have to abound in thanksgiving. Oh, I thank God that he has shown me something that I never knew. But you can abound in bitterness and talking. No problem. We are ready for you. <laughs> resist. Don't forget. Resist. We'll resist it. We'll resist it. Who resist it? Yes. Yes. Who resist it? Yeah. You can't come and superimpose your lack of education, your ignorance, and your lack of skills, and your lack of ability to even earn an income upon a church and force the church to be the reason for your poverty or your prosperity. Come on now. And your laziness. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Bishop Intefo had a, a hospital. He had more than 26 employees when he was coming into full-time ministry. And he knew that when he comes into full-time ministry, what he had, he will not have it. So he went to America, bought cars, did everything to survive as long as possible. <laughs> To the end of his life. <laughs> it's true. Because he knew that he would not have much in a certain sense. And that was the mind and the understanding. I've never heard him complain ever about finances or about anything. Because we know those who complain and we f- because we feel their pressure. Anybody you feel pressure from that person is not a good person. I've never heard him complaining. Even though what he has is abounding with thanksgiving. That's how you abound. Thank you. Thank you. One day I was in uh, Panama and I got into the lift. We're going up like about 100 floors or I don't know, 60 floors. And when I got into the lift, I said, we are blessed. Bishop Joel was in the lift with me. Then he was quiet. He said, do you know something? I said, what? He said, maybe because you keep on saying we are blessed, 
We are being blessed. It is bringing a blessing. Every time we say we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed. That's how I feel. If you live here, you should say we are blessed. If you work here, you say we are blessed. If you are in the school, you should say we are blessed. If you are a pastor, you should say we are blessed. If you are full time, you say we are blessed. If you are a lay person, you say we are blessed. You should see blessings. And you can be full of thanksgiving or full of bitter talking and complaining. And when he says that, I always remember it. Maybe because we keep on saying we are blessed. We are blessed. Yes. Abounding with thanksgiving. So I see you abounding. Well, I didn't intend to speak for long. I was just... Now, I'm going to end on just one point. But verse 8, sit down quickly. Beware lest any man spoil you. Now, you see, your ministry can be spoiled. And you see, you know how your ministry can be spoiled? Huh? You know how your ministry can be spoiled? Two things. Well, there are three. Maybe even four, but there are two things here. Let me just talk about the two things. So, your ministry will never be spoiled. I, I prophesy you will never be among those whose ministries are spoiled. want to know what can spoil your ministry like I mean the word spoil is in the Bible so I, I went to check whether it means spoil or it may be something else. it actually means spoil yeah spoil like sport how we say sport today it means sport now look at it sit down number one through philosophy now philosophy is the love of wisdom or the love of talking a lot philosophy Sophia is wisdom philo is like filio Agape, filio, whatever. So, filio. Filo is love and Sophie. Sophia is love and wisdom. Loving, talking, wisdom, speaking words. A lot of words, salad, talking, you know, this, 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 that, that, that. Look, the word is simple. Those who are dangerous sons, it's very simple. Those who leave you, simple. Those who pretend, those who are like, it's, those who are proud, it's, it's clear. What again do you want to hear? What again do you want to know? Yes. And somebody come up with some other looking around. Witnessing, prayer, witnessing, outreach, church growth, church building. I mean, don't let anybody come with some new something. It's, it's, it is it's philosophy. It will spoil you. It's when you move from the basics. Like I said, the basics, we are doing pastoral work. How to make this church bigger and more people to be in the church, in the sheep, to gather them, to feed them, to talk to them, to relate. That's all. Look, don't bring anything. What is ministry? Ministry is corridors of power, agendas of this. Please, I beg you. Stop it all. Stop it. Philosophy. Love of wisdom. The basic philosophy.
I'm showing you how your ministry will respond. You love him. So, oh, I love this other man of God. He's sharing some other revelations on this and that. Philosophy. So, Bishop, I have about three or four men of God that I receive here, there, there, whatever. I put together, I mix it up, and then I form a scrambled eggs with it. Philosophy. Be careful why you see people say, oh yeah, I have six men of God on my laptop. One gives me wisdom in this direction. Another gives it this. Another gives it that. It's like a love of wisdom. You'll be shocked that you amount to nothing. I've never seen anybody doing well with that. Philosophy. And then the second thing that will spoil your ministry. Are you watching? It's called vain deceit. It's an expression that is specific to the King James Bible. Vain deceit. It's like deception is useless. It's going to catch up with you. If you deceive, it's just a matter of time. It is vain and deceit. It will spoil you. The day that you're deceived, that is why the deceptions you are practicing and the lies you are telling and the money you are stealing and the swerving you are going by and the slight ways you are doing, it is useless. It is called vain deceit because it is useless. It, it can never protect you. It's just a matter of time. The day is going to come. It's going to, it will be unraveled. You, if you, you still offering, by the grace of God, I have not stole, or stolen up. Maybe I have, God will forgive me. Sometimes I even pay tithe so that, Lord, in case of any over this thing, maybe I took some money. I don't know how, but yes. Yes. Some of you are here. You are de- you're deceiving us that uh, you are loyal. But you are not. You deceive that you are part of us, but you are not. The Bible says it is vain. It's, it's, it's a matter of time. It's going to come out. It's useless. It's useless. You may have survived up to, but at a point, see that it will work again. Yeah. <laughs> vain deceit. You are fornicating, committing adultery, doing this, doing that, and everybody is fooled. Every, you fool us beautifully beautifully. The man of God will even say, ah, thank God for your life. And people will even, will even call and say, ah, do you have a sister? I need somebody to, buy. I need a beloved for so Do you have a sister? They see you are so good, but that's not how you are. You are not good. It's a deception. And it's useless. Because it's a matter of time. All those things will come out. All those things will be known. Yes, sir. When you see a pastor telling lies, when you see a pastor fooling, deceiving, you are fooling the authority. They can't see what I'm doing. You send us bills even for water. When you are doing construction, cost of water, cost of this, cost of that. And you feel that you are deceived. You see, one day I told somebody to go and build something. And then I saw the cost that somebody else does. said, so different. I said, I look at somebody. It's a liar. The deceiver. Yeah. Such a liar. It's just a matter of time. You'll be unraveled. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, if you are, repent of it quickly. 
after all, I pray to God, God has forgiven me. Turn to First John 1. Let me show you something about God has forgiven me. Let me show you something. Say, so God has forgiven me. First John 1, 7. Now, you say, you are, you are confessing, God has forgiven you. Look at it. You see, this is something people don't realize. The blood does not work in the dark. Write it down. The blood does not work in the dark. Write it down. Because many people don't know. The blood does not work in the dark. Oh, I've confessed to God. God God knows everything. Did you write it? Now, look at whether it's true or not. 1 John 1, 7. It says, if, if we walk in the light, eh? if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, eh? two things happen. Number one, we have fellowship. You see, that's when we have real fellowship. And the second thing that happens is that the blood of Jesus Christ washes you if you walk in the light. So when you stay in the dark with your hidden crimes and sins, the blood doesn't work. This one is saying the blood works in the light. I think I'll close now. Is this enough? Maybe I'm talking too much. confess everything to God, God has whatever. No. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, then two things will fellowship like you and whoever will fellowship, real fellowship, and the blood will work. That's why people never get free of their sins and of the things that set them because they stay in the dark and think that, oh, it's okay, so it's between me and God. Not come to know light. So I'll just go ahead and tell that they will spoil my life, these people. <laughs> I should go and say what? I will never say. Yes. So those of you who know traitors, or those of you who are traitors, you don't come and say it. But you rather do things that show that you are a traitor. It's a matter of time. Okay, quickly. Oh yes. And verse 9. For in him and you are complete in him, which is the head. <laughs> oh, yes. How many want to know what it means to be complete in him? Are you sure you want to know what it means to be complete in him? No, it's a verse that we even say, complete, complete, complete in him. We are complete in him. It's complete, complete in him. We are complete in him. Hallelujah. Righteousness, but by his grace alone. It's not by works of righteousness, but by his grace alone. It's not by works of righteousness, but by his grace alone. And we are complete in him. Complete. 
complete, complete, complete in him. We are complete in him. Complete, complete, complete in him. We are complete in him. Sit down. Now, how many want to know what it means concerning your ministry to be complete in him? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Kata Saba Usha Malaba you see, this is working here is the spirit of revelation. Yes, as I've been teaching you, that's the anointing of a teacher. Yes, it's a powerful anointing. Yes. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Oh, yes. Now, see, this complete, it shows you complete means finish. Yes. Complete means finish. It means complete. Complete means full, complete in him. Now, to be complete in him reveals that completeness is attained in him, not out of him. Not out. Not outside, but inside. So when Satan wants to take you out, and make you be out of where you should have been in. You should know that you never complete your ministry. Yes. Never. Because completeness comes in him, not out of him. And that's why Satan is always trying to take you out of where you should be in. And trying to make you an outsider or make you an orangu or make you something that is away. And therefore, you will not complete. And that is the characteristic of those who are not able to stay in him. They cannot complete. Because the word complete comes with being inside. Inside, not outside. Not out there. Complete. In. Inside not outside, in him. In him. In the head. Look at it. Complete in him which is the head. When you step out of the head, you'll never be complete. Outside the head. You never, you never finish. You never finish. So, my prayer for you is that God will help you to be able to say, I completed completed and I'm complete and I completed but I completed in him in him in him complete in not outside not out there but in lift your hand and thank God Father we give you thanks we give you praise for this amazing blessing for this amazing set of alumni of this great school thank you for helping us to go all the way in him so that we will be able to say we are complete in him and we completed in him your great work we give you praise we give you thanks give thanks to the Lord Shpeligos palanda berenise mereketé 
Palando Bresinela, Taramandosh Mesperie, Palaste, Culumbra, Shenema, Palanda, Palode Kelivo Semundaraman Barabashambo La Baba. Completing him. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Take your Colossians. Let's start from verse 1 to recapitulate. For I would that you know what type of conflict, battles your father has for you and for those who are in Laodicea. Oh, yes. Even though you don't see my face, there's two, but your hearts will be comforted and knit sewn together. God is sewing us together. I hate the treasures of wisdom. God has showed us what are the treasures. There's treasure in the water. There's treasure on the land. There's treasure. And that's the treasure that we have. The books. Wisdom. The teachings. Even this session is a treasure. It's a treasure. It's a treasure of wisdom and knowledge for you. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Don't forget the word enticing. It looks attractive, but it is nothing. Go and ask Adam and Eve. Though I be absent in the flesh, verse 5, I am with you. Join and beholding your order. Order is going to be very important in this ministry. What is lay, what is full time, what is a bishop, what is not a bishop. And if we find out we have consecrated you as a bishop and we realize that it's out of order, we will remove it immediately and you'll be back so that there's order. Verse 7. Rooted, rooted and built up the invisible works of God in your soul and in your heart. That's the rooting and then the building, the visible ones. Beautiful. Beware lest any man spoil you. We see how to spoil your ministry. Those who spoil their ministry. Through what? Philosophy. Love of many things. <laughs> many talkings and words. So I received this from this. I learned this from this. I learned this from this. Many all kinds of ideas. Philosophy. And the other way to spoil your ministry is vain deceit. Always remember, my deception is vain. It's useless. Lift your hand and say, I've realized today that my deceptions are useless. They are vain. It's not going to work. It's just a matter of time. Everybody will know that I'm, 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 I'm this or I'm that or this other problem is there. It's vain. Bless you. For in him dwelleth the fullness. In verse 10, you are complete in him and not outside him. Stand to your feet everybody. Father, thank you for this great grace and blessing that you've given to us. We love you. I pray for the students. I pray for the school. I pray for the alumni. I pray for the bishops. I pray for the pastors. I pray for the great ones you've raised up. May they grow and be rooted and built up in you. May they be complete in you. May they finish their work. We give you praise Father. We give you thanks. 
for a great and mighty work that you have bestowed upon us. Bless and anoint them with new anointings and let the treasures of wisdom and knowledge be given to them that they may have deep in their lives and their hearts the great treasures, the great treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for blessing. I bless all of them and I thank you. Let all those in our midst that are traitors and betrayers, let them be uncovered and let them be destroyed in the name of Jesus. But let your blessing be on all those whose hearts are knit together with us in love. We give you thanks. Thank you for Bishop Intefo and all the other bishops of the school and the leaders for all the work for all these years. Thank you. We are complete if we can maintain our position inside in you. We give thanks. We give praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you.